podcast. This is Rachel, and this morning it's going to be a little bit different. I'm um, joined by one of our beloved members. I have Marcia Moorhead on the podcast with me this morning. Hi, Marcia. Hi, Rachel. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, We are continuing in our series, Returning to Thanks. That is a little sermon mini-series, and we've kind of involved all of the elements of this month uh, together into that series. So um, we have a couple sermons, and our Zoom Wednesday night meetings have been focused on thankfulness, and also our podcast, we've kind of done a little bit um, in thankfulness as well. So we thought we'd continue that a little bit today with Marcia and... um, hear another perspective. And so I want to just go ahead and throw it over to you, Marcia, and let you share a scripture passage that you had chosen that you thought shed light on the topic of thankfulness and gratitude, let you read that and then talk about what you think it teaches us as believers. Oh, I'd be glad to. Um, The one that came to mind was not the typical one. I started out to to find, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought about how it illustrated um, gratitude uh, and thankfulness. And this is from Matthew 14. Um, I'm starting in verse 17. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fishes, they answered. And this is the disciples, uh, Jesus the disciples had suggested Jesus dismiss the crowd so they could go into town and, and buy something to eat. And he says, well, there's no need. Just have them sit down on the ground. And the disciples are saying that there are several thousand people here. And and we only have five loaves and two fishes. And I suspect that those loaves were not very large because of the way they were prepared at home uh, on a small uh, cooking surface. And so he says, bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fishes and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So that was a large crowd. And as I read that scripture, I thought, this is such an illustration of the disciples bring forth um, a pitiful amount of food (laughs) for these thousands of people and, uh, you know, are basically saying, what can we do with this? And Jesus gives thanks for it. He says, okay, we're going to have the blessing. Um, And so they did. And it was more than enough. It was abundance. Um, I think that just illustrates how gratitude and thankfulness 
broadens out our vision, broadens our receptiveness to blessings. And and as I thought about this scripture, I thought, is this because Jesus was able to multiply this physically into more, or was it because when he was willing to share this small amount that people who had brought food with them brought it out and I wonder if huh. as the basket <laughs> passed around, uh-huh. if people were not saying, well, this is enough for us. Let's put this in oh, for someone else. Hmm. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah. But I, <laughs> but I think uh, the possibilities are great that either way, this is an example to us of the expansiveness that wow. gratitude brings. Hmm. It's almost as if if you see the gratitude or the generosity of someone else, then it inspires you to have that same attitude and action too. And you see, oh, well, yeah, there is enough for us. Let's go ahead and give all that we had too. Yes, yes. Um, I think that is um, the benefit too of living in a church community mm. is that you have opportunity. Right to see the generous things that people do for one another. And that always inspires me thinking, oh, yes, how thoughtful that is. And and I could do, you know, whatever it is. So I, I, think, I think gratitude is so good for us mm. in so many ways. It, it gets us off our troubles and our lacks and what we want and what we don't have and what's not right. And it, it gets us moving in another direction. Wow. Yeah. So do you think that the gratitude in the hearts of the people who were eating that bread was being stirred or do you think they even knew what was happening, what was going on in that moment? I, I don't know, but I suspect they probably left with a different perspective than they came with. Mm, Yeah, for sure. A friend and I were talking about this story recently, and we were asking, how did the loaves multiply? Like, could the people see it happening? Or was it just every time the basket moved to the next person, then there was another one inside than there was before? And were they aware that that was happening? Or was it just like all at the end, like, oh, how did we have much more bread than we started with? And I think you have an interesting theory. Um, But as in the stories of the Gospels, I think it does want to show us the power of Jesus to do miracles and um, to do things that are impossible. Um, Shows us that, that he is God. And that is definitely something to be thankful for. Um, it's so interesting to me that you chose this passage because um, as I was preparing for the sermon, for the first sermon of the Returning to Thanks mini-series, I had in my notes the whole time as I was working on this sermon that my subtext was going to be Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the multiplication of the loaves. And that was my intention all the way through until right at the end I was like, um, there's just not really a, a space for me to 
incorporate that story, but I really intended to. Um, and so it's really funny that you also chose this story to show thankfulness because I thought that it's it inspires in us this realization of all things come from Christ and all blessings are from God, um, that he is the giver of every good gift. And it makes us aware that uh, we need to return the thanks back to him. And the interesting part to me is wondering, did people know what was happening in the moment and were they grateful for the multiplication of the loaves then or did it go right over their heads? Um. <laughs> yes, being human, uh, I can see that the the uh, the likelihood that it would just go over their heads <laughs> is pretty mm-hmm. great. Uh, a lot of things <laughs> kind of go past me that I never mm. see. And yeah. and and this is another vote for practicing thankfulness and gratitude is that it slows us down, it changes our focus, and we mm. can begin to see yeah. uh, with new eyes right. uh, what is actually happening. I think one of the lessons of this story is to open your eyes and pay attention to what God is doing around you. And there, very, <laughs> there might very well be miracles occurring right before your eyes that if you're not paying attention, if all you're thinking about is your hungry stomach and how quickly you can get the bread into your body, you might miss the amazing work that's happening right before you and what God is doing. Um, and I think that it teaches us to pay attention and then once we see what's going on, to voice it back to God in thankfulness. I don't think the story mentions anybody thanking Jesus or acknowledging that it was God who did this amazing thing. Do you imagine that that happened or do you think the people just ate and went home and they were like, oh, that was a great teacher today? I think, like a lot of us, they probably had some hindsight. Mm. And and I think they said, did you, you know, they said to each other, probably going home, did you see all that was left over? Mm. How in the world did that happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they started with that pitiful amount, and I thought, well, that's not going to go anywhere. Mm. And, and, and there was food left over, which I think, too, illustrates how we can enjoy the abundance Mm. that Christ brings to our lives, but we have to slow down enough to be aware. Mm. So what can we do practically in our day-to-day lives to slow down and to notice the abundance (laughs) to make us Oh, well, for (laughs) Americans, this is just... (laughs) You know, we seem to have the belief that somehow busyness is a mark of honor. Mm. Uh, I think one of the favorite American phrases is, oh, I'm just so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's as though if we are not busy, we're not productive, we're mm-hmm. lazy, we're not doing anything, we're not popular, we're not... Mm. You know, all of those things that we tell ourselves. So it's no wonder to me 
that I have to be intentional mm. about gratitude. And, um, and I do my best to start the day, and I journal almost mm-hmm. every day. And when I journal, the bottom section is a list of gratitudes. Mm. And on days when I drag myself, (laughs) and there are days when I drag myself to Mm -hmm. my quiet time and my journaling and in my prayers, I have to go back and read the bottom of each of those journal pages to remind myself I already enjoy abundance, Mm. and I really need to be grateful and thankful about all that has already been given to me. The the material blessings, the personal blessings, and especially the spiritual blessings. Mm. Yeah, I think that those are important three categories, the material and the spiritual. And what was the other one that you said? (laughs) The personal. The personal blessings. Yeah, the personal things, the things that happen that that bless us personally. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe relationships or... Relationships. Yesterday... um, my grandson landed a job after a year of looking mm. and we were there was great rejoicing right. in the family which is wonderful and um you know uh, things like that mm-hmm. uh when you're when you're someone in your family does well or recovers from something or has an opportunity or talks to you in a in a warm way, you know, Mm -hmm. those kind of things I consider personal blessings. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And the spiritual blessings are things like salvation, forgiveness of sins, righteousness. What else would you put in that category? Um, I think a relationship. I, to me, um, that is, has been my greatest blessing in my late years has been the relationship with God and and mm. Christ have become so personal and intimate wow. that um, it just, sometimes I just, I really do want to fall down on mm. my knees and mm. say, I can't believe this. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> So spiritual is like a personal relationship with Jesus, the intimacy of having that relationship with Jesus. And my hope is that all Christians would be able to be where you are at some point in their life and and to say, this is too sweet. Like, I'm too amazingly blessed to know Christ as my Savior. I don't even deserve this, but thank you, God, that you gave it to me. Um, yes, okay. <laughs> and and do I take advantage of that all the time? No. Am I there all the time? No. Mm. But it is such a sweet taste when I slow down enough and am, and am available enough mm. that I allowed God to bless me. And this is this I think is the trap. Mm. We God does not force himself into our lives. Mm -hmm. That's so true. 
So do you think that having a grateful heart gives him more space to be part of our lives? Uh, For me, it does. Mm. For me, it definitely does. Yeah. So last week in the podcast, we talked about what if you are approaching a spiritual a spiritual practices like a spiritual practice like a gratitude journal and you don't feel grateful when you're going toward it? <laughs> um, what should you do, or how can you adjust your heart to put yourself in a posture where you're able to receive the spiritual blessing that that practice is designed to create? Well, I can't say that it happens every time. Mm. Um. Sometimes I show up with two lead feet and <laughs> and my attitude, my attitude, not my words, but my attitude are just try and bless me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I just sometimes feel really obstinate and and negative and angry that things aren't going my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the value of my gratitude journal is that. I can go back and say, well, I didn't feel that way yesterday or the day Mm. before or the day before that. So this probably isn't eternal. Right. (laughs) And I just have to trust that because I show up Mm. and do my best to make myself available at that time, that I can invite God to work in me Mm. and increase my my gratitude yeah yeah absolutely i want to talk a little bit about what makes christian thankfulness different because if you look out in kind of the self-help world and other podcasts and things and if you just search gratitude you will find a lot of conversations about gratitude that aren't really tied to christianity in any way there's talk of just putting positive energy out into the universe and, um, you know, language of thankfulness, but it's not in connection to faith or it's not really in relationship with God. Um, And so I wanted to see if we could discuss a little bit what makes Christian thankfulness distinctive or different. Um, And so I want to read um, a verse or a few probably, <laughs> um, to just kind of get a, get us going on that. So one verse is James chapter 1, verse 17, and it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So my first thought on what makes Christian thankfulness distinctive is that it has a specific audience. So Christian gratitude is Godward. Our thankfulness is pointed towards God because we're in a relationship with him. We're giving thanks back to him. So we are thankful for God himself and who he is. And all of our thanks for everything else lands to him. We acknowledge that every gift, every good thing is from him. So we are thankful for him and to him. So even if I'm thankful for people in my life or relationships or like the personal things or material things that you talked about, all of that ultimately lands back to God because he is the creator of those things. Um, So we can be thankful for specific people, but ultimately we acknowledge all of those people and things 
are from God. And so he is the real recipient of our thanks. And Christian gratitude is, it's highly sensitized to this reality that God is the maker and giver of all good things. So that was my first thought on what makes Christian gratitude distinctive. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, as you were talking, I was thinking, it's such a relief that I don't have to muster up Mm. that gratitude on my own mm-hmm. that that I am supported and um, indwelt by the Holy Spirit so that uh, that's just another gift wow. that we have. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a fruit of the Spirit when you're in relationship with God and walking with Him. He kind of musters up this this thankfulness in your heart that's not necessarily out of your own personality or your own thoughts. Right. And 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 I'm also free to come with my doubts and my complaints and my whining and my <laughs> you know things are not right and how could you mm-hmm. let this happen and mm-hmm. what were you thinking God when you let this go on? Mm. Uh, and and he can accept that. He can embrace that and comfort me in that. Mm. And it it doesn't rupture the relationship. To me, that is such a huge relief wow. mm-hmm. that I don't have to stay there. Right. So it's not like positivity all the time. It's reality. I think we have such good example in the Psalms because the people are, (laughs) it seems like almost constantly fluctuating between going over their miseries and how their enemies are chasing them and they're at the door of death to like, God is faithful. God is taking care of me. God rescues me. God is my provider healer. Like, and so there's this, this realism about the circumstances and the tragedy and the hurt of life paired together with an acknowledgement and a praise of God as the maker and God is in control and he is the one who holds me in his hand. And so I think that's something unique about Christian gratitude too, that it's not just like you have to think positively all the time, um, but it's that you bring the reality of your circumstances and your sorrow to God and he provides comfort um, and can also help you see how he might be refining you through those difficult circumstances or might open your eyes to the good and to the miracle that he is doing. I think that's a great point. Yes, I and uh, I think sometimes in relationships, um, as we practice with God, bringing our whole self um and wanting that acceptance and and wanting that comfort and and not not wanting to be that way but finding ourselves sometime in a in a negative or selfish or um self-centered frame of mind um to be able to to transfer that over to relationships i find that difficult and yet the examples are so clear. Hmm. The examples in Scripture or which examples? Uh, examples in Scripture of forgiveness and um, uh, a chance to confess and repent and 
all of those things that go that that are a part of the relationship with God, I can also transfer to my relationships mm. in my home and my friendships across the board. Yeah. So it's like when you have this thankfulness toward God, you're also able to pour that out toward other people. Maybe someone is serving you well and you notice it, but you don't actually mention it to them. Like maybe someone is just doing a really good job and you appreciate it and you think it, but you didn't actually tell them. Um, I think that there's a blessing that is missing because if you were to let them know your gratitude or your thankfulness toward them, then they would be encouraged and lifted up. And I think that that's also a way of glorifying God. Like the glory goes back to him, but you're appreciating that other person. Um, so I think it, it does need to spill over into our relationships to the point that we show our thankfulness even to our loved ones by what we say and how we treat them. I think that's certainly uh, my intention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So talking about what makes um, Christian thankfulness distinctive, there are a couple other verses that I thought were helpful in that question. So there's First Thessalonians five sixteen to 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And there are several elements that I think we could pull out from that, from those verses. But what stood out to me this time was that the giving thanks in all circumstances is in connection with rejoicing and praying. Um, so there's this element of worship and prayer and thanksgiving that are all uh, in unison or in concert together. So it's not just like this thankfulness we're mustering up out of our own ability, but when we spend time in prayer and seeking God's will, the thankfulness comes more. And when you spend time in worship, in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, praising God, that thankfulness stirs up in you more. Um, so it's not just, I have to try to be thankful today, <laughs> but that you can use these other, you can use these other spiritual practices, the ones that are so obvious of like singing and praising God and spending time in prayer and those will actually help to increase our thankfulness. Yes, yes. And then there's Colossians 4 to devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So there's these kind of two main elements of prayer in a very simplistic sense in that verse of prayer is watching, which is what we talked about earlier of like paying attention to what's going on, um, and then thankfulness. Um, so be alert, be on guard, be noticing what God is doing, be looking for how God is working. And then when you see it, be thankful to him, like express your gratitude to the Lord um, and to the others around you. Yes, that reminds me, um, I have a, a, a friend and um, one time uh, we were at a retreat center and she said to me, let's go on a gratitude walk. Oh, interesting. And, and I said, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever done that. And she mm -hmm. said, oh, it's it's real easy. Mm -hmm. And so as we walked along, we just talked about what we were grateful for. Mm. 
It could be the beautiful trees that mm-hmm. we passed by. It could be the children's laughter that we heard. Mm. It could be our thoughts about our families back home. And as we walked along, um, there was this growing spirit between us. It was amazing. By the time I got back to my room, and we were gone about an hour, Mm -hmm. I was just awash in tears. Wow. And Mm -hmm. I remember that now with so much gratitude Mm -hmm. because now sometimes... Uh, by myself, I take a gratitude walk, mm. and it it can change my entire outlook. Wow, that's awesome! That's a great idea. I've done prayer walks, but I don't think I've ever done a, a walk where the intention is solely to think about and speak what you're thankful for. Maybe that's a, a new Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> That would be sort of uh, outdoors and um, allow you not to be cooped up inside with people. So, yeah, that's a great idea. Is that something you do frequently? Yes, more frequently with the pandemic because I do more things by myself, like go for walks. And um, so, yes, uh, I, I do that. Not every time I go for a walk, but frequently. Yeah. That's great. So I had one question when you were talking about, you mentioned those three categories of things we can be thankful for, the material, the personal, and the spiritual. So I'm going to confess to you, Marcia, that I struggle with the material thankfulness. And um, I think it's maybe in a surprising way because of the life that I have lived in Africa. And I know the struggles of people for material things and that, you know, a lot of people are just trying to survive. So when I hear people say things like, oh, I went on a trip wherever it was, like a developing country, and they come back home, and they're like, it made me realize how how blessed I am or how thankful I should be. For some reason, it doesn't sit quite right with me. Um, and it makes me feel like they're they're looking down on the other people and of like, oh, well, at least my life isn't like that. Like, at least I have running water and electricity and lots of food and clothes and all of these things. Um, so do you have any advice for me on how I could be, like, thankful for what I have materially, but not judge other people for doing that? Because that is what God commands them to do. Um, to be thankful in all circumstances. That is God's will. So when other people are thankful for their material things, how do I <laughs> like not um how do I not judge them because they are fulfilling what God has called them to do? Oh, Rachel, you ask such hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, we we lived overseas for a couple of years, and um, it was almost shaming how much we had mm. compared to a lot of people in the country that that we lived in. Um, I was constantly amazed at the generosity of people who, from my point of view, didn't have a lot to give or to share. Mm. And they did it anyway. Mm. And um, 
that touched me deeply. I have to confess that I don't always remember that lesson. Mm. And I guess I don't really have any advice about that, um, except to say, well, at least, <laughs> at least they recognize there's a difference. Mm-hmm. That not everyone enjoys the abundance um, that I do, that our country does, that, mm-hmm. um, and and we have to be careful that we don't close our eyes because I think all when I look at somebody, I'm usually making the comparison between myself and someone who has more. Yeah. Or I think grander, that's my problem. Is that or the whatever. Mm-hmm. And I forget that there are are people in the United States many I was reading the statistics since the fires and the pandemic in in California how many children go to bed hungry at night mm. without having had adequate food that day and I was shocked mm. um I think we need to be careful um and 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 I'm I'm preaching to myself here um <laughs> careful that I look at the big picture Mm -hmm. and that I am aware about those who have very little and not much prospect of having more. Mm -hmm. And instead of judging them as lazy to say, okay, what can we do to help? What can I do to help? What's one little thing I could do? And I find that a real Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. I have to keep going back to that and and over and over again. It seems to be a lesson that I easily forget. Yeah, I think we all do. And so maybe being thankful for the material things is an important um, reminder to us uh, to remember those who have less and they are still thankful too. <laughs> um, if we see the way that Christians in other parts of the world live, we might be astonished for the thankfulness that they have for what we would perceive as little and they might not consider it little to them. Um, it reminds me of when Paul says that he can do all things through Christ. He knows how to abound and how to be brought low. Basically, he knew how to be in poverty and want and suffering, and also how to be comfortable and to have abundance and to thank God in both situations and in both ways. Um, And so I think it just reminds me to stay humble. And if I'm abounding right now, to to appreciate it and to thank God for it, but to remember that it could be different. Um, And that if my situation was different, I would still need to be thankful and to be able to endure all things um, through Christ in me. Not, not an, not an easy journey, the Christian path. (laughs) No, it's not, (laughs) but it's a good one. (laughs) It's a good one. Yeah. I can't think of one better. Yeah. If we have um, gratitude in in every season, I just feel like that's kind of the theme that keeps coming up of 
thanking God for, for everything, um, for the gifts and even for losses and for the ways that he was working that you didn't see and that you weren't aware of, um, giving thanks in all circumstances. So I, I think of like those people that were eating the bread that Jesus multiplied. I hope that they were thankful for the bread, but that they continued to remember it. Um, that it wasn't just like a one-time meal, but that they kept coming back to that and how the action of Jesus providing for them paired together with his teaching um, of of being thankful and rejoicing in suffering and persecution. And yeah, I think that this is, is an important aspect of the Christian life for us. <laughs> Mm, yeah. So I hope that as Christians, we're not just like putting positive energy out into the universe, but that we have thankfulness toward our maker, that our gratitude has an audience, a specific audience. Um, and I think that that is the Lord. And even when you are thanking God directly and other people hear that or notice or, you know, sense the, the, the sentiment of your heart. I think that that builds them up too. Um, and God is glorified as we remember every good gift comes from him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, could we maybe close our time with just sharing some things that we are thankful for? Can we have a little gratitude walk (laughs) 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 or gratitude sit? (laughs) Well, there, there is so much right now. Um, Mm. uh, uh, this grandson that that has been offered a job that that's just a big deal in our family and and I'm uh, very grateful about that. Mm, that's awesome, great. I think I'm gonna try to tackle the three categories you gave us of material, personal, and spiritual. So, material, um, I'm thankful for food <laughs> and diversity of food choices and clothing to wear and comfortable places to sleep as I've been kind of a nomad in this season. Um, personal, I'm thankful that God willing, my husband will be back with me very soon, um, in a couple weeks and, um, and for a season to celebrate thankfulness with my family and spiritually, I'm thankful for the friendship with God that you talked about and for a God that sticks with me even when I stray a little bit and who leans toward me um, often and that whenever I take a step toward him, he he comes so much, you know, closer. Um, So I'm thankful for, for Jesus for taking my sins and dying on the cross for me, giving me salvation. I think that's the greatest gift. Well, I think you've about covered the territory, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> well, I think I've learned from you um, that there's, you know, disparate, different areas for which we can be thankful for. And I think the the main kind of takeaways that I have is that Christian thankfulness is not just being thankful when things are good. Um, but it's bringing all of your emotions, everything to God, being honest with the situation, and even thanking Him when things don't look very good, um, and that the ultimate audience is God our Father. 
Yeah, amen. (laughs) Well, would you close us in prayer today, Marcia? I will. Dear Heavenly Father, it is with full and grateful hearts uh, that we thank you for this time together and for all that we enjoy as children of yours, especially your son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.